0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs> This is episode 133, my roving report from Sheridan County, Missouri. Uh, And before we get into the actual introduction, I just want to take a minute and explain. If you had listened to take one, I'm not exactly sure what was happening, but uh, it sounded like my microphone wasn't working. Uh, And I hope it was the microphone and not the computer, but I guess we will find out about that as uh, we go through today in case you can hear this. Um, And so I went ahead and deleted that episode. So if you tried on that one, this is what you should have heard. And With that, I want to say welcome to Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes or any other uh, podcast platform, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. Now, as we go through, uh, be a part of the show, you can do that by calling in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Uh, and uh, you can also call toll-free 633 9389 That's toll-free 877 Three three nine three eight nine, and the chat is open. And uh, the next part of what I did originally, uh, when I recorded this the first time, was that uh, I went through some of the events that were happening in June for our June 2022, because I had done an episode about all the events uh, in. Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year, uh, which was late. And even being late, I hadn't gotten a few dates out of people. So uh, so it's, it, it's, uh, I, I really kind of went through the ones that were still coming up. Now, I'm not going to do that uh, this time because they're really – we've already passed a lot of the events, although I think it's worth having them on – my page, the Laura Angles Wilder events around the country, because a lot of them are annual events that they have every single year or at least or might have again, so it's helpful to know that they exist. That's why I leave them on there all year. But I don't think since we're actually past the event, uh, it is worth talking about that. But I did want to mention the one big event that was still coming up, and that is the uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder Days at uh, on Baroque, Iowa. Uh, now that's going to be from June 24th to 26th. And uh, normally the event is just on Saturday and Sunday, with a very little going on on Friday night, which is kind of unusual for this sort of event, but. That's what they've always done. But when they have a TV star guest shot, they do have uh, a, a special dinner usually on the 24th and, or on the Friday night before. So it's going to be from the 24th to the 26th. And the guest star is going to be Wendy Lou Lee, who was one of the uh, actresses who played Baby Grace. Now, they were twins, um, but Wendy Lou has really leaned into the Little House fandom community, mostly since the uh, big reunion event in 45, for for 45, but, uh, or is it 40? The one I went to, I think, was 40, and she was even more since the 45 one. She's written a book, and she's um, just done a lot of interviews. She does, um, I'm not sure how often she does it, but she does Facebook Lives on her page and really has been a lot more active in the fan community. So uh, if you want to meet her in person, this is your chance. On Friday night, they're going to have a, a meet and greet with Wendy Lulie. They're going to also have, on Friday night, which this is a change. It didn't used to be on Friday night, a 5K run uh, around Baroque. Saturday events, they're going to have a parade at noon, children's pioneer games and activities in the park, craft demonstrations, a food tent, staged shows with Wendy Luli, Little Miss Laura, Young Elmanzo Contest, tours of the Masters Hotel, and more. Sunday's event is a gospel concert with Brad Boyce uh, in the Baroque Park in case of rain. All events will be moved to the Baroque Lutheran Church, and the parade would be moved then from Saturday to Sunday at noon. And I have been to the Laura Days event in Baroque quite a few times. Um, I don't make it every year, and I'm not going to make it this year because I'm going to be at a conference. They quite often have bad luck with the weather, but this year it sounds like it should be perfect. So don't let that stop you. If you live in drivable distance, Uh, it's a really cool event to go to. And let me just say a minute or a side note about the Little Miss Laura Young Amanzo contest. Uh, Each home site town does theirs uh, differently. And the one in Baroque, they use it in terms of being a representative of the community, an ambassador of the uh, Laura site during the course of the year. So they have actual duties to perform. And I really think that's a much more, um, I I think that's something with a lot more uh, depth to it than what normally happens at the other sites. So if you live close enough that you're willing to be an ambassador, I really uh, strongly suggest you try for Little Miss Laura and Young Elmanzo. And I was a judge for the contest, uh, I think at least three times. And I really appreciated the chance to do that. It was great to Go through the whole process with the kids which there was an essay they had to write and all this stuff all right so short version of that is if you can go to broke the weekend of the 24th and with that I think oh I should mention with any luck starting in July I'm going to go back to doing uh, videos I've it's been a matter of getting them edited and I think we, I think the problem I was having is straightened out. We will have to see if that actually happens. But starting in July, hopefully I'm going to be able to do, uh, go back to uploading videos and we will try and see if we can get one done a week. We will have to see. And uh, be sure to remember to check out the blog because we've been doing pretty good about getting new blog posts posted regularly. And uh, with that, I think that's the end of our housekeeping. Well, uh, we are going to be talking uh, about Sheridan County, Missouri today. And uh, there's actually two parts to this trip. And I think my next episode will be what's the other reason why we were down there, rather than trying to do everything at once. But uh, let me give you the backstory. Cheriton uh, County is where Pa and the family went after they left Pepin the first time. If you don't know the real history behind the book, When the Laura and Mary were born in Pepin, Wisconsin, they, when Laura's about two or so, decide uh, that they are having too hard a time in Pepin. Uh, Part of that is because at the time, the really well-off people were raising wheat. And Pa wanted to be a wheat farmer. And if you've ever had a walnut tree. You know how they send up little shoots trying to take back or take over the yard. And farming in the middle of the big wood would have been like that. Now, today, you go to the Ingalls home site, and it's wide open spaces because it has been cleared completely for agriculture. I mean, you can look around and see in all directions but at that time there were still a bunch of trees in that area and so pa was always having to fight that so he wanted to go someplace with wide open spaces and there was a man who uh, was going to be uh, who had a, a he was a big line, landowner in northern missouri and if you do not know Missouri had a terrible time in the war. Uh, When I was growing up, I always thought that Missouri's experience with the Civil War would be similar to Iowa. And while Iowa has a lot of stuff they did during the Civil War to be proud of, it really didn't touch home soil. We had one, one cannonball that we know of that came over from Missouri and landed on Iowa soil. And that was a big deal because there was no battle along the Iowa-Missouri border. There was no direct thing that happened to Iowa. But Missouri was in a much worse place. They had bands of, um, of northern kind of guerrilla troops, southern kind of guerrilla troops groups that were basically thieves and were taking advantage of the fact everything was all messed up. Uh, They were running roughshod over the whole state. The education system in Missouri basically shut down between roughly 1855 and 1865. So things in Missouri were pretty terrible. And uh, as part of this recovery process, Uh, This man had decided to sell off part of his land, and he'd had some agent go around and try and get people to buy cash money uh, pieces of land. And Pa uh, and Uncle Henry had uh, decided that they were tired of trying to fight things in Wisconsin, uh, that they were going to buy this new piece of land, and everything was going to be just great. Now, what happened next, we're not exactly sure because Pa bought this land and we have strong reason to believe he did not leave Wisconsin uh, for, well, until well into the spring. We know he was in Sheridan County to sign a legal document in August and we know that the next year for sure that Carrie was born in Kansas. Now there are, there's more information to that than that and you can make arguments. The people in uh, Rothville, which is in Sheridan County, uh, they have put together a lovely little brochure and they say the Ingalls family stayed there for a year in a cabin. I don't know where they got that particular idea. A year is on the outside. What I really think happened was they got to Missouri. Paul looked over the situation. Uh, Having been there now, I can tell you it's very hilly ground. Uh, It's the kind of ground that in my family we call the Alps, which are areas that are not the best for farming. And he got there. He found out that they were supposed to pay $900 for this hilly piece of ground. And I think he looked at it and basically thought, no, if I'm buying to get in the prairies, this was not what I had in mind. And then he found out about uh, the people who were uh, going in and and uh, and taking ground they didn't have any right to with the belief that the federal government would come in and open it up, open it up for homesteading and that they would get first shot from actually having already been there and with that he decided for some reason we don't know who told him or how he found out about it but he ends up uh, going ahead and selling back his land. That's the legal document. Well, he's selling back his land to the guy he bought it from in Johnson. The legal document they have is actually about the farm in Pepin, where he was um, giving his father the right to pursue getting the money from the guy who built it, bought their farm in Pepin. So having found out that there was this land that was supposed to be basically free, he decides to move on and go to independence. And I just don't think he would have stayed in, in uh, Sheridan County that long. I mean, I, I don't mean to imply that there isn't successful farming there, but because there certainly is, but I just don't think it would have worked well with the type of farm Pa was starting, trying to set up. I just don't. That is my opinion. Other people are sure welcome to theirs, but I think he took a look and said, no, this is not going to work. And then once he found out there were other options, he was gone again. I really don't see them having tried to put in a year's crop because that it it just would have been very, very hard to do time wise, and they talk specifically about him not having a plow, so he would have had to buy a plow. It, it just it, time wise, I do not see it working any other way other than. Uh, them moving on to independence fairly quickly. But again, that is a point where there's certainly uh, arguments that can be made both sides. I think I'm right, but as I say, take that as you will. The people in rothwell think they were there, like I said, an entire year. So I've been wanting to go to this spot for a long time because people ask me if I've been everywhere that Laura lived and I've always had to say, well, no, I've been to every place that has a museum, but there are a couple places that I didn't go, including this place in Rothville. The other one really being the place that Laura and Manley lived in Westville, Florida. And I guess at this point, maybe I will get to the panhandle of Florida someday. In any case, this was has been on my list for quite a while, and I hadn't ever made it there. So what I decided to do was, uh, well, periodically what I do is I pull up the information and look at it and think, well, what can I do? to get there working out with my time and my schedule and how it is in relation to things. And what I decided, or so one of these times I was pulling it up, seeing if there was a way I could figure it out that it would work for um, sometime in the last couple years, I discovered looking at the brochure Sheridan County puts out is they have directions to the home site from three different towns. The one town is, and I'm going to say this wrong, and I apologize, uh, Tissaville, K-E-Y-T-E-S-V-I-L-L-E, Brunswick, and the third one is Marceline. Now, if you have followed my videos on YouTube and my posts on here and probably even my podcast, I did a trip to Marceline, Missouri in 2019. I went uh, out of my way because I was traveling by myself and I normally don't get to do that. So this time I was like, well, I'm the one driving. I can make the decisions. I think it's worth driving an hour out of my way to, uh, there and an hour out of my way back to go to Marceline. Why may you ask? What is Laura's connection with Marceline? Absolutely none. Except at this site, which I found out about afterwards. But Marceline, Missouri was Walt Disney's hometown. When Disney was talking about a small town or main street, when he was working on his movies about people living in far, on farms, it was his time in Marceline that inspired him. His daughter, Diane uh, Disney Miller, said that until she got grown up, she really thought that her dad was born in Marceline and lived in Marceline his entire life before he moved to Los Angeles because it was the place he talked about. He didn't talk about his time in Kansas City very much. He didn't talk about his time in Chicago very much. He just talked about uh, Marceline. So, it was someplace that I had really wanted to go. I found out they had a museum, and it had also been on my list. So I went to Marceline in 2019, and you can uh, take a look at, the, um, at my uh, videos from my 2019 trip and see all about Marceline. So I was, after that trip, looking at this brochure and saw it gave directions from Marceline. In other words, I had been within, uh, well, I'm just going to say 20, 20 miles roughly of uh, the the site that I had never been to and that I wanted to get to and that I just hadn't known that it was there. And I gnashed my teeth and my friend Kelly, Kelly Peddle, who is um, a, uh, well, who is also a big Disney fan, said, well, why don't we go back? So we scheduled a trip and went down to Marceline, and that is what the second episode will be about. But this one is about this homestead. And if you go, uh, I want to give you the exact directions to Marceline. I would recommend going from Marceline because Marceline is great. Uh, But from there, you're going to go south on Highway 5 to Route E. Now, that's going to be three miles. Then you're going to turn right onto Route E and proceed along Route E until it it hits the junction with Route F. That's going to be 5.1 miles. That's going to be the longest piece of this. Then you're going to turn left or south onto Route F. And proceed to Ingalls Road, and then you'll turn right onto Ingalls Road, and that's 2.7 miles along Route F. And Ingalls Road is a gravel road. You cross it when it's about halfway up the hill. The road goes in both directions, but you're going to turn right, uh, and you're going to go for pretty much spot-on exactly half a mile. I, I was really surprised it was right there. Uh, and it, it will be on the right hand side of the road. they have a really a nice big chunk of land for it being one of these roadside stops. Uh, it and it was all very nicely mowed. I was kind of surprised about that. Uh, and then there's the sign there's a couple of uh, big bushes on either side of the sign that they really should trim back a little bit more, but they're, you know, like hedges that you would plant, not like, you know, blackberries or wild plums or anything like that. They're like hedges. And then there's the field entrance for the field. Now, if you don't know, field entrances are uh, like little driveways that get you into a field. There'll be a gate there. They'll be, a lot of times they're just dirt. Sometimes will have a little gravel. So the road's kind of like that. And looking, it isn't really got a parking lot. If there was more than one car, I'm not exactly sure what they would do with them. I guess they'd just have to try and park on the grass. But there are these tracks to going straight in the field entrance leading up to a red metal gate that is part of the fencing of this uh, set-aside wayside park for it. Uh, And I will warn you, we went when it was fairly dry and had zero problems on the road, but it's the kind of road that might be a little more difficult if it was wet. And pulling off the road was... I don't know if it really would have been a good idea if it had been wet, because there were tracks uh, in the field entrance that were kind of ruts, and if you looked ahead from where I was parked, there were clearly had been mud puddles, and uh, it would have been, I think, very sticky to get out of if it was uh, raining or there were. It was actually puddled. So I would warn you, if you are going and it's damp, look before you leap and um, just be aware that that's going to be an issue. Uh, I should also tell you that we actually missed it the first time going by. And that isn't because it's small, but it's because on the other side of the road, on the left-hand side of the road, was the pasture for cows. And it did not look like an overly solid fence. It was woven wire with some barbed wire on top, which is fairly standard. But sometimes you look at those fences and you're like, that that fence is going to live live a 100 years. And sometimes you look at the fence and you think, boy, I hope the wind doesn't blow too hard from that direction. And this was the... I hope the wind doesn't blow from that uh, direction, kind, or at least closer to that than stand from 100 years, kind. And there happened to be a bull um, right on the edge of that pasture standing right by the fence. And that is something you want to pay attention to. So that is what I was looking at was the bull when we went by. When we came back, the cows had moved on someplace else, so you probably will not have that same experience. But be aware, if you see cows uh, in a pasture right across, that is basically the place where you need to be. Uh, there is a sign there with a little thing about it. It's a very pretty sign, and it's a pretty piece of property. I think it was really uh, enjoyable to get to go see it, and I'm glad that I got to, and I'm glad uh, Kelly went with me. And frankly, it is an excellent little bonus trip uh, come if you to add on to a Marceline trip. So if you are a Disney fan and a Laura fan, this is the trip for you. And I hope that you get a chance to make it. Now, like I say, there's just the sign. Uh, the pictures that I had seen of the sign were of when the Bushes, hedges, things that were on either side of it were a lot smaller. But the sign itself was in great shape. You could read it. It did not look faded or chipped in the least, which is a very good thing to say about a sign. There's a lot of them that get in pretty bad shape pretty quickly. But this is really well done. And uh, it's... uh, And it's really sort of what there is to see. Now, I called uh, the Sheridan County Historical Society. They do have a museum, but they basically said they could give me the same brochure I already had, that they didn't actually have any kind of display about Laura. There is also, according to the brochure, and I'm also going to, I'm sure, murder how this name is supposed to be pronounced, but Adamantine Johnson was the man who was selling off the property. And he also, uh, so his house is also listed in this same brochure with a photo, and they are currently in the process of restoring the home. Now, I reached out to the woman, Janet Weaver, who put this brochure together, and she said she, because we drove around and tried, tried to find it, we could not and did not know if we just were looking in the wrong place or if the house had been knocked down or if it was there behind the trees. There was one driveway that looked pretty suspiciously like it might have a house that looked like this at the end of it, but it was totally surrounded in trees. Which, if the trees were that prevalent, then that might have been part of the reason Pa didn't want to stay there. So... Uh, And we weren't able to find it. But that's really about all all the Laura things there are to do there. And it's not really, I don't think, worth a trip all on its own. But I think it's a great add-on if you are doing another trip to the area, including, well, what a surprise. You could go to Marceline. Uh, I will add that Marceline, Missouri is in Lee County, which is why it never occurred to me that Sheridan County was right there, because it wasn't in Sheridan County. It was in Lee County. or I'm sorry, not Lee, Lynn. It was in Lynn County, uh, which is funny because I work in Lynn County, Iowa. But anyway, that is... what our trip was look for the video i took video hopefully it will be out soon and look for the second part of this where we tell you all about well i tell you all about our trip to marceline uh, thank you and i hope you enjoyed this episode of jungle dead tales remember to brighten the corner where you are <laughs>